AMD hates their customers? Intel resolves a $4 billion lawsuit in NVIDIA. Well, they confirm what we already know. Let's get into the hot news, everybody. I'm your Brett host. We're going to be going over the hottest tech news that I can find on the internet while you enjoy your breakfast. And today's top story is surrounding some more controversy around the 7900 XTX GPUs. We've been covering this for a little while, but in case you're not familiar, the XTX cards are overheating on their hotspot junction temperature, getting up to 110 degrees Celsius, which is causing them to actually run at worse clock speeds and under perform from what other people are expecting. Now, there's a couple ways to fix this, but the general sentiment out there is, I'm paying $1,000 for this, it should just work. And so there's been a lot of attempts for people to try to get their money back. AMD has already said, hey, we're not gonna issue an RMA for that, but this is now actually causing a much larger stink, especially over on Reddit, with some details coming out of people who are attempting to buy a 7900 XTX, finding out that it's faulty, or at least the temperature is being way higher than it's supposed to be, and then they're actually having troubles running into returning it. So this is coming out a big post over on Reddit, as you can see here, but there's a lot more confirmation that purchasing from AMD store directly is what's causing these issues. If you purchased it from another retailer like Newegg, Amazon, B&H, or wherever you got your XTX, you're having less problems returning it because they have much more generous return policies, unless you get into those issues where like the, they they screw you over, which is possible, but it doesn't look like they're doing that wholesale completely. But the big thing that's being discussed here is the fact that you cannot return a graphics card after it's opened, even though the only way to discover that the product is faulty is to open it and use it. And so that's the main complaint that's coming up. And with that, there's a lot of discussion popping up, not just in this Reddit thread, but also from other AMD users, including CapFrameX, who makes a benchmarking software talking about how AMD shop screwed them over when it came to their 5800X3D return with WHEA errors and the CPU was bought in the EU where they refused to accept a return despite the fact that the only way that they could test out that the CPU was faulty was by using it, but they were not allowed to do that. And if you go through the replies to that tweet, there's more comments on how, yes, this is a general problem. The only way that this got resolved for CapFrameX is the fact that it's in the EU and they have much stricter laws when it comes to consumer protection over this type of thing, but other people saying that they're in the similar return process where they're trying to get their money back for a card that is functionally not working the way that AMD promised. Now, it turns out because of all of the uproar that's coming out from this Reddit post, it does appear like AMD has accepted that one specific return, but it's not yet clear whether or not they're making a change in policy. But one of the things I want to make clear is that even though people probably will get mad at AMD for this and to some extent, the choices that they're making here do impact what's happening. AMD does not directly run the shop on which they sell their products. If you go to shopamd.com or whatever it's called, that is not run by AMD. That is run by a third-party company known as Digital River, who was behind some of the issues that were happening with the RTX 30 launch, because they're supposed to be there for fraud prevention and making sure that everything is good when selling things, but after-sales support doesn't necessarily seem to be there. So it does appear like this company has a history and a track record of doing things poorly when it comes to actually abiding by what's good for the customers, especially when there are issues with the products that are being ordered. And it's not quite clear whether or not that's going to get resolved if this is an internal policy that Digital River has. But 
one argument could be made for the fact that since AMD is choosing to use this company, they're still culpable for the fact that customers cannot get, number one, what they paid for out of their cards, and then number two, cannot be actually properly dealt with when they try to return their cards. Additionally, it seems like AMD is refusing to pay return shipping for the GPUs, which the user who's trying to return it understands because it's a little weird, but because the GPU is faulty, one would expect that AMD would pony up and actually work on this. But it's not all bad news, okay? There's some silver lining here, and that is coming from one of the AIB partners who works with AMD, known as PowerColor. They actually replied to this Reddit post saying that if you're dealing with the 110C issue and nobody else is helping you out, doesn't matter which AIB you bought it from or where you bought it from, send them an email or a direct message because they're putting together a list for their AMD contacts of how many issues they are seeing. AMD asked if it was just a few users and PowerColor Steven said it's definitely more than a handful so now I need to show some sort of backing for my fat mouth. Send me serial numbers. I'm sending an email to the AMD guys with how many units are affected. PowerColor, Sapphire, Gigabyte, AMD Direct, whatever. Send me serial numbers. Hopefully AMD will get some news for all of us but regardless when I hear something of substance I'll make a post to provide some level of guidance on how to go about getting this sorted. So this is what's developing when it comes to AMD's customer support. It looks like an AIB partner is having to step in for something that AMD should be dealing with directly, which good on PowerColor Steven, bad on AMD here. This is a very similar issue to what we saw with NVIDIA in the RTX 40 series when their power connectors started melting. NVIDIA was like, we don't know anything's wrong. And then it took third parties actively investigating and actively working on it for the behalf of the customer for anything practically to be done and for NVIDIA to finally come out and be like, yeah, our chunky power connectors do melt if you do it wrong. Just plug them in all the way. So that's going to have to be dealt with. AMD seemingly in a similar position with this GPU launch. But that's not all. One of the things that's also coming out about these 7900 series GPUs is that AMD has modified a few things that they used to support for their GPUs, but no longer. Buildzoid, part of actually hardcore overclocking, by part, I mean, he is actually hardcore overclocking, says that AMD hates overclocking so much that they decided to lock the power play tables on RX 7000, which means that you actually can't modify the power play tables in order to do extra overclocking because it appears like AMD is not necessarily confident that their GPUs can handle it. And in fact, they've talked about this in some Reddit posts saying that architecturally, RDNA 3 has some changes to how PP tables are manipulated and no longer making that available to the end user. And in fact, holding it back from the consumer, no longer allowing for that to be done, which is just a regression in the amount of things that they're providing to the end user. So AMD does seem to be in a bit of hot water for their launch of their latest GPUs. They've kind of been silent on this for the most part. There was that one response that somebody got from chat from AMD that was like, we'll look into it. But other than that, it doesn't appear like they're really addressing the issue. But if you have had issues with your 7900 XTX, make sure to message PowerColor Steven with your serial number and indicate the issues that you're having so that this can get actually reported to AMD. Why they're making PowerColor or anybody else do this is ridiculous. I guess they're just like, hey, People are complaining just to fenestrate all of their complaints and then we'll move on because it's just whiny internet people. So it looks like we gotta make a big meow about this whole thing. 
Let me know what you think about this whole situation down below in the comments. While well, I let you know about today's video sponsor, some company that's never let me down, Silverstone, my friends. They have been on this channel from the beginning, and they have a new line of cases that you should check out, the Ferris series, with a few updates that are going to be good no matter what you're trying to build. So if you're looking for RGB, addressable RGB, you want a nice mid-tower chassis, they have the Ferris 512Z. In case you want something that's a little bit smaller, but has extensive water cooling support, they got the Ferris 511Z. But in case you want a micro ATX chassis, they have the Farrah 312Z that supports all of that. And they also have the Farrah R1 Pro V2, which is stylish, has a distinct tempered glass for a great case with a fully meshed front panel as well as sufficient space for the high-end graphics cards. But let's say you want to just have your PC sit on your desk and not shout loud RGB noises. Silverstone's got you covered with that too. The Farrah 513, a high airflow ATX chassis that's gonna do everything in style without shouting about RGB. The Fair 311 Micro ATX doing something very similar and the Fair R1 V2 doing that with tempered glass as well, including a vertical mount GPU slot. You can have a whole lot with Silverstone's new Fair line of cases and the pricing on it is super reasonable. When they asked me to do the sponsor spot, I was like, hey, that sounds great. And then I looked on the pricing at retail and I was like, that sounds even better. These are some good looking cases at an affordable price point that can deliver a whole lot to your system. Whether you want bling or whether you just want subdued performance, Silverstone has that for you in their Farrah line of cases. Check them out at the link in the video description. Big thanks to Silverstone for sponsoring today's video. And big thanks to Crypto Stonks for providing daily entertainment on what's going on in whatever we're talking about. Your Bitcoin's down a half a percent to be at 16.578. Ethereum's down 1.2% to be at just under 1200 bucks. And Dogecoin's down 3% to be at 7.1 cents. We talked about in yesterday's crypto stocks about whether or not to add Tesla. It seemed like the response was mostly positive to that. So Tesla is up 3% on the day. This is actually one of their first close to closes that's up a decent amount in many weeks. Tesla's been on a slip slide lately, but now they're finally closing up. They're still down 38% on the month. And Reese is still down on vacation. I need to see another animal. Did you guys see the peacock spreading its little drumsticks? Reese, what do you have for us today? Hey, welcome back to UFT Deals, bringing the hottest tech deals out on the internet. It is a cold, chill, rainy day on my last day of vacation here, so I'm just gonna relax, play some board games, that kind of thing. But don't worry, there's plenty of deals for you to check out on UFT.deals. Be sure to check the link in the video description. And with that, I'm gonna hand you off back to Brett for the rest of your hot news. Cheers. Thank you, you beautiful man. Also, what hopefully will be a good anime. I was gonna say beautiful, but then connotations into anyways near automata has their anime release date happening and it's going to be coming out january 7th of 2023 like next week ish that's uh that's soon so in case you want to watch that it's going to be available you're welcome also in case you want to watch sports on amazon prime you're not going to be able to do that because they're allegedly making their own standalone app for all the sports deals that they have with the nfl the premier league as well as the new york yankees trying to make it so that that's all in one concise location. Maybe this is part of the jealousy thing that they have with YouTube buying out NFL Sunday tickets. So they're not, they're trying to separate what's going on there. It's just, it's going to get more complicated. I mean, Prime Video, it does make sense that they might be splitting it off because they have Thursday night football. So having it on Prime Video when that's really for like movies and series and like renting shows and buying shows and movies. It like it's not a live TV aspect. So the fact that there is a live TV aspect, but then they also stream that prime video game to Twitch. It's it's all complicated. I don't know what's the better situation. Should 
Sports, stay on Prime Video or should it have its own standalone app? This is the multi-billion dollar question and the multi-billion dollar lawsuit between Intel and alleged patent troll via LSI is that uh, they're not gonna sue each other anymore and it's over, at least in the state of Delaware. So VLSI and Intel were in a lawsuit for $4 billion in damages because VLSI bought patents that Intel allegedly is infringing on. Judges have ruled in favor of VLSI and $4 billion in damages was happening. But then Intel countersued and was trying to just drag it through the courts forever. And now they have finally just laid it to rest. VLSI has agreed not to sue Intel's customers and suppliers over the five CPU patents in Delaware. And then the, the, the Intel was like, we're not gonna sue you back. So no money exchanged hands, but it's done. But that's not the end of the story because VLSI and Intel are still going at it in other states such as Texas, which has a $2 billion lawsuit of its own. So this appears to be a big legal deal. It's being slightly resolved. We'll see if there's any resolution to the Texas stuff. And here's the resolution to you wanting to know, is Nvidia gonna launch the 4070 Ti? Is that a real graphics card, okay? Is this the true, all of the leaks that we've been seeing with actual product boxes and actual GPUs and actually being on companies' pages and retailers' websites, is it real, Nvidia? Well, don't you worry, they posted specified requirements to run NVIDIA Omniverse View, and they recommend a 4070 Ti or higher. So it's a real graphics card, like I'm a real boy. And I'm really done with this episode of Hot News. I'll see you back here for more of the hottest tech news tomorrow, my friends.